Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ryan Nile Show. Hello, it's me, Ryan Nile. Thank you for joining me back on the Ryan Nile Show, the podcast. Hope you've been enjoying these episodes and I hope you've been interacting with me on Instagram where we do a live show Monday to Friday at 8pm. How are you all? How is lockdown treating you? We're bringing you something a bit different today. This is a conversation between myself and Havsa Lodi. Havsa Lodi is an author, the author of Modesty, a Fashion Paradox, um, uncovering the causes and controversies and key players behind the global trend to conceal rather than reveal. And I've really wanted to, to have this conversation because myself, I am not really into fashion that really deeply. So this conversation, I explored that. Um, with Hapsa, like what the um, relation to that is with being modest. So what is being modest? So modest fashion is a growing global multi-billion dollar market. To really understand this trend, we explore the following topics. What do we mean by modest fashion and who is buying it? How do we define modesty? Why have major fashion labels such as Gucci and high street brands such as H&M embraced the sector? Why is modest fashion so politically charged and controversial, provoking nationwide bans of the hijab, niqab and burkini? Does covering up empower women or is it reflective of a repressive culture? I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Hafsa Lodi today. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter, that's at Ryan Nile, or on Instagram where I'm at most often, ryan.nile.show. And you can follow Hafsa at, at Hafsa Lodi, H-A-F-S-A-L-O-D-I. And you can buy the book on Amazon or any good bookshop. The book is called Modesty, A Fashion Paradox. And you won't miss it. It has Mariah Idrissi on the cover in a big pink blazer. (laughs) So um, make sure you check that out. Please leave a review and please share this with a friend. Without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Habsa Lodi. Well, welcome back to the Ryan Nile Show. I'm very excited to have Hafsa Lodi on today, who's an American journalist and author who's been covering fashion for a decade. And today we're going to talk about modesty in fashion. And it's going to be especially interesting being that the whole world is in lockdown at the moment. So, um, you know, I don't think everyone's really dressing up to impress people at the moment. So that that's going to be an interesting um, topic to delve into. Um, but obviously it goes a lot deeper than that too. So Hafsa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Given um, the circumstances, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, given the circumstances, I'm doing good in my temporary studio setup here. <laughs> How's it in? You are in Dubai at the moment, right? I'm in Dubai. We are on an official lockdown. There are it's a 24 hour curfew, so you're not allowed to leave the house uh, unless. So you can apply online for a government permit to go get groceries or medical supplies, and that's that's it. And then the police check your, yeah, it sounds extreme, but I think it's good because like getting, we're only having around 300 or so cases reported daily. I mean, right. I say only, but that's not only, but but compared to other countries, yeah. I think, I mean, I think if there wasn't like a legal requirement to stay home, nobody would be staying home. Mm, true. As we're seeing in, in London. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> you guys it, need to get your act together. <laughs> exactly, man. And the numbers are crazy here. Um, yeah, I know. It's so scary. It is. It is scary. Um, I mean, you were supposed to be in the UK in this time, wasn't you? Yes, I was supposed to be in London right now. Uh, because your book just launched, your book, The yes. Modesty and Fashion, A Fashion Paradox. Yes. Is that the correct Yes. Title? 
So it's a modesty, a fashion paradox, and it launched March 19th. So I was supposed to come end of April to um, kind of, we had a few different events set up to talk about the book and modesty and fashion, and those have all been indefinitely postponed now. <laughs> yeah. um, hopefully, I mean, seeing how things uh, go, maybe they'll be re-postponed to uh, September, maybe. But I mean, who's to say? <laughs> it depends on how, yeah. Exactly. Let's see. Who's the, who's the, yeah. so yeah what, what's that been like because obviously when you write a book you put so many hours into it I know and... it's been it's been kind of really heartbreaking but I try to kind of look at the bigger picture I'm saying um I saw this tweet by another author it said all of you debut writers who have just come out with your first book um and you're kind of moaning about not being able to go on your book tours your book is out it's not an ex- it's not a carton of milk that's going to expire it's mm. out now so people can buy it and I was like okay you know that, that makes sense if yeah. the book is out at least I can do what I can on social media and through help like this but thank you very much to like kind of shed light on the topic and absolutely that's all I can do really so definitely yeah. <laughs> it kind of it, it's it's interesting because it brings you back to your mission right What's your core mission here? Why yeah. did you write the book? You know, um, and it wasn't necessarily to to do a book tour, like well, I think no, exactly, exactly. And actually, the whole concept of a book tour was alien to me. I didn't even think I'd be doing one until the last few months, and kind of we got all this interest from the UK. So that yeah, it was it was never part of the big plan from yeah. the beginning of big book tours. Yeah. So let's talk about a book. Um, and yeah, let's talk sure. about. Uh, just the concept behind it. Um, yeah. Let's just first discuss um, what is modesty in in fashion for people that wouldn't be familiar with, yeah. the, with the topic. So, um, so when you think of modest fashion, a lot of times the first picture that comes to mind is a woman in hijab wearing mm. like a long dress and basically only her face and her hands and her feet, if anything, showing. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of different levels of modesty and interpretations of modest fashion. But I think the bare minimum would be that the the clothing covers your shoulders and covers the knees, like to be technically classified as modest fashion, covers the shoulders, covers the knees. It is loose fitting and non-transparent and um, may or may not include a head covering as well. Mm. Does does that cover actual like, um, like branding as well? Um, You mean like logos? Yeah. Is it, is it um, like being modest? Is it, just the, the like the length of the the clothes or does it also include how how much is shown like how much yeah so this is definitely uh, something that's explored in the book like how like how flamboyant is your fashion and the colors of it um so I think like if you wear a head-to-toe outfit with like the Gucci logo on yeah. it it covers your skin is that still modest or exactly. are you kind of showing <laughs> off your wealth yeah that's that's definitely a topic explored in the book I think I think mainstream wise that is considered modest fashion, but everyone has their own definition. And mm. is that, is that a def, is that kind of modest spending? Maybe not. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. The different kinds of ways fashion can be modest. Like mm. whether, what are you trying to prove that you're showing, covering your skin, that you're, you know, that you're fashionable, that you're wealthy. So there are all these different kind of tangent conversations that can be had from this topic. Yeah, for sure. And it, it really makes us think about what is modesty because it's yeah, in exactly. itself that's quite a contentious thing. Yeah, especially in this social media day and age where all kind of modest fashion became this worldwide movement because of social media and because of um, all these modest fashion bloggers. I mean, there's a hashtag called modest fashion blogger. Mm. But then again, they're posting their selfies and they're posting all of these, you know, they, they take so much time to make content to put on Instagram. 
are their intentions modest? You know, mm, there are all mm. these different kind of questions uh, to ask. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what made you want to, to really delve deep into this topic? So I have been reporting about fashion and lifestyle in the Middle East for the past 10 years. And the modest fashion movement kind of started surfacing about six years ago. And I have always been into modest fashion for faith-based reasons. Um, I grew up in the States, in California, where there was kind of no concept of modest fashion. Mm. And I remember as a teen, like, going to pool parties and all my friends would be in bikinis and I'd be the one in, like, the plain black Speedo one-piece, you know? So, like, modesty was really not in. Like, it was not cool at all. And now it has become in, like, runways like Gucci and Valentino and Max Mara and Alberta Ferretti are all showcasing modesty. I and mean, even Kanye West included a hijabi model um, on his, uh, in his runway presentation, I think in 2017 or mm -hmm. 16. Um, that was the birth of Halima Aden, this big hij uh, hijab wearing, not big, she's not big, but she's become a very inspirational um, figure in the modest fashion movement. So it, I was so fascinated by all of this. And as a journalist, I was writing a lot about it, but writing for a newspaper you always have such strict word counts and mm. 200 to 1000 words was the most I could ever get out of a story and I thought there were so many other topics to explore within this um, the designers who are making modest fashion the women who are showing modest fashion on social media and who are becoming this this new birth of the hijabi model which I found was crazy like who would have thought 10 years ago in a post 9-11 environment that women wearing the hijab would be walking Paris Fashion Week you know so it was like exactly. it was crazy I mean a New York Fashion Week so um so, but I never thought I'd write a book about it I was happy writing about it um yeah. for this newspaper I was working with uh and then Neem Tree Press which is a UK-based indie publishing house reached out to me uh, on email and said I have this confidential project I'd like to speak to you about um can we arrange a Skype conversation and Skype of course is blocked in the UAE so I couldn't get any way I didn't have a oh. VPN or uh, back then yeah I didn't <laughs> and, even know that <laughs> um, yeah Skype that's why Zoom yeah otherwise uh, yeah yeah that's why we use Zoom now um Skype is blocked sadly wow. uh but yeah <laughs> and then I happened to be going to London that summer so I told her I'll be in London we can meet and then she kind of proposed this idea to me that she wants to write she wants to publish a book about this whole modest fashion movement and all the controversies and the rise of it and what it means in terms of feminism and culture and politics mm. um for a global audience, not just in the Middle East, where modesty is kind of the norm anyway. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I, I said yes. Of course, I was I was halfway through my pregnancy at that point, uh -huh. and uh, not in not really in a state to be writing a book, but I couldn't say no, and so took it on. And yeah, amazing. So, and now, so that a year and a half later, we have a book. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you so much. Amazing. So, what does what does it mean? What does modesty in fashion mean? to the wider audience um it, to the wider yeah. like uh, world like you said it's the norm in in like uae yeah so like here in in the middle east there are these cultural dress codes that not necessarily it's not like legally you have to be covering this amount of skin at least not in the uae but in other countries like in saudi arabia you have to obviously um Actually, up until last year, it was it was legally mandated that women had to wear the abaya, that long um, oh. black cloak type uh, garment. But actually, it's not always black anymore. There are new um, fashionable versions these days. And uh, your hair has to be covered in Saudi mm. Arabia. Not anymore, but up until last year. So a lot of the states in the Gulf um, kind of follow this type of national dress where the abaya and... Um, head covering are the norm among local women here. 
But obviously in the West, that's not the norm at all. And West, the norm is like, what's the, when you think of feminism in the West, you think of like women burying their skin, not covering mm. it up. So I really thought this was an interesting um, discussion about can modest fashion be a feminist movement? Yeah. Because if you speak to a lot of women who, who make the choice to cover up modest, to cover up rather than their families haven't enforced this on them. They don't have to wear the hijab, but they've chosen to, even if their mothers or grandmothers never covered their hair and they just kind of make their own uh, decision to dress modestly, which actually I found there's a lot of women in the UK who, um, who kind of make this decision, especially young Muslim women, mm. um, these days, like college students who kind of make their own decisions to start wearing the hijab, even when it wasn't a norm in their own families, just from their own kind of readings of religious texts and their own um, interpretations of that. So, and they they say it's a very feminist um, choice to make because society kind of tells you that, oh, an attractive woman is one who shows her skin and you're kind of measured by the amount of skin you choose to wear. That's your level of beautiness or whatever in the mainstream yeah. fashion and film industries. We always see that like the hot woman is hot because she's, you know, she's showing a lot of skin. Um, so in that way, this is kind of like a, an FU to society, you know, that mm. like they're kind of doing their own, they're taking the narrative back um, in terms of how society views their bodies. And by covering it up, they're kind of making their own, um, their own protest to that. Mm. So, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting kind of, um, and, and also that's not just religious women. There's a lot of women who are non-religious, non-Muslim, maybe non-Christian, non-Jewish. Uh, so those two faiths also have kind of modesty written in their um, sacred texts in the Bible mm. and the Torah. But there's a lot of women who are just non-religious, just fed up of this picture of the scantily clad woman in fashion and film. And she just wants to, you know, cover up more and be judged by her merit and her own kind of talent, not by her body. Mm. That is so interesting because, and paradox is the right word because yes. um, within all of those different uh, female communities there, it feels like the, um, the thread is um, feminism, but also the, 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 the source of that is doing something that you that as an individual you choose to do whether or not yeah. you know you're getting it from your religious text or you've grown up in a household yeah, exactly. which is muslim um but you haven't seen that within your own family but you yeah. decide to do it so it's about your yeah, exactly. this is my individual choice yes yeah and my interpretation of how i want to portray my body to the world yeah, yeah. that's amazing and i think what's really interesting is now with this becoming mainstream before, when you would think about modest fashion, you would think about really plain colors and boring, drab, like just unmemorable clothing. Mm. But now all of these um, designers, luxury designers, the high street, they've all started catering to this new demographic. I mean, not a new demographic <laughs> at all, but newly, newly in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and and it's bright colors. I mean, this is the, the cover of my book is... Um, Maria Drisi, she's yeah. a London-based um, hijabi model, and she's wearing a hot pink suit. Yeah. So, like, it's not just, um, it's not about blending in necessarily. It's not about being dull. It's about being super fashionable and stylish and using the latest trends and um, just making them your own in this modest way. Definitely. So, you, you said major brands have really started to, to take that up. Um, yeah. What is that? How, how have you seen it? You've been studying, um, you know, fashion. Yeah. For so for instance, uh, we're about to start um, the holy month of Ramadan uh, worldwide. I think it kicks off April 23rd. And in 2014, uh, DKNY became the first 
major Western label to make a Ramadan collection. So, I mean, there was spring, summer, fall, winter, and then they made a Ramadan collection just for its Middle Eastern consumers. And then brands like Tommy Hilfiger and Michael Kors, they, Oscar de la Renta, they all started following in the steps of DKNY and making these exclusive Ramadan capsule collections, which is crazy because um, they had never really fixated so much on the Middle Eastern market. And mm. now they were making sometimes, I mean, Dolce & Gabbana made a collection of abayas, which is crazy. Like you would have never thought this Italian fashion house, which is known for, you know, making these little mini dress and crop top pairings, like would use those same patterns in a long abaya. So um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of one of the main ways in which uh, modesty hit the mainstream. Mm. But a lot of criticisms about that has been, well, these designers are only fo- focusing on the Middle Eastern market. There are Muslims and modest wear consumers everywhere in the world, right. um, especially the UK and the US has huge pockets of modest wear consumers. And a lot of these Ramadan collections were really overpriced, targeting like Arab spending power and right. only available in in the Middle East. So then um, I think H&M may have been the first to do a worldwide modest collection. Mm. Um, Even that was a bit overpriced, but at least it kind of opened the doors to um, more inclusivity worldwide. And now, um, especially relevant now, uh, because we can't really go, are malls open in the UK right now? Uh, Are shopping centers open? Yeah, exactly. So here as well. So e-tailers like farfetch.com and asos.com, they have their Ramadan edits online. So so that's huge. They're mainstream Western uh, e-commerce platforms. But if you log on right now on the homepage, you'll see a thing saying the Ramadan edit with a woman um, wearing like a long cloak or a baya on ASOS's page. I just checked this morning because oh, I'm yeah. obsessed with ASOS. <laughs> so I think it's um, it's this woman in like an orange zebra print type um, outfit with a turban covering her hair. And yeah, so it's 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 gone so mainstream. How can you get more mainstream than ASOS, right? Absolutely, exactly. So, <laughs> and that's happened in over a space of six years. How, how yeah. um, because this is a, a diversity and inclusion conversation as well um obviously you'd imagine um that within those fashion houses that muslim women and people of all different backgrounds um started to infiltrate uh these fashion houses so we we could get collections like that so a lot of another criticism is that a lot of these fashion houses actually didn't even take any kind of consultation from these diverse women. Uh, they just kind of looked on social media or saw what the, what seems to be trending and they kind of did their own thing. And that's why a lot of these collections have actually backfired. So mm. the Dolce & Gabbana collection I just told you about, a lot of women found it tacky and um non-wearable they just said this is not this is not what we want as muslim women um it's a good step that they're trying but they're not actually getting any of our voices so they don't really know what we really want and then i know mango did a actually mango does yearly ramadan collections but oftentimes they're very um glamorous and uh like at this uh so for instance there'll be like a sleeveless jumpsuit or like Mm. a shorter um sequin covered dress that's very glamorous so maybe people during ramadan would like to wear it to like a like a evening party or something but they're not modest so what's the point you're forsaking the modesty for the for the glamour factor so a lot of time a lot of criticism has been that they are not really including the voices of these muslim women in making these collections but at the same time a lot of them are so american eagle and um 
Uniqlo, for instance, have worked with hijabi models to make their um, Ramadan collections. So that is really yeah, good. so that's the way of doing it, right? That is interesting because um, I mean, you would assume, well, naively, I did that. You know, over the past <laughs> five years, you know, okay, let's let's include um, people, let's include their voices, so we can really tap into these yeah. markets. Because from a business I mean, from a business standpoint, no, it's sorry. it's silly to ignore pockets of culture that are your your consumers yeah so i think um because so their main motivation has actually been these uh spending report these um financial projection reports came out there's one called the state of the global economy Mm. the state of the global islamic economy um reuters and this company dinar standard came out with that and it showed that from actually let me just open that up for you because it's a crazy stat um, yep, so modest fashion. So Muslim consumer spending uh, on apparel and footwear is projected to grow to $402 billion by 2024. Wow. And that's a, more than $100,000 increase from 2021 projected, which was more than, than a 51% increase since 2018 or something like that. So there are these crazy, crazy financial projections that show that yeah. Middle Easterners have all the spending power and yeah. that's why these brands are kind of scrambling to attract them. There you go. There I mean, it's go. all for money. I know yeah. we'd love to say it's for diversity and mm. it's love it, and there's definitely ticking these boxes of diversity and inclusivity, but some of the brands are definitely more motivated than money by anything else, like in any business, especially in retail. I mean, the bottom line is to make money from your clothes. So. The bottom line um, is the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly especially in this climate when like retail is really taking a massive hit yeah for sure that, yeah. yeah so how is that um how is the modesty in uh from what you're seeing like on on social media and things like that within the lockdown um mm-hmm. how it's so are, interesting because like, just yeah go on yeah so just this morning i was like have you seen the quarantine pillow challenge no <laughs> on instagram basically women are taking a pillow from their bed and putting it in front of them to make it look like a mini dress and then tying on a little belt. So basically they're wearing their pillow. Right. This is called the quarantine pillow challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the pillow is looking like a dress and they're wearing it. So this, there are more than 50,000 posts worldwide of fashion bloggers doing this. Wow. And in the morning I came across a hijabi girl who had done the same thing, but she was wearing jeans and a long sleeve t-shirt um, behind hers and then she had the pillow and the, the belt and everything and the hijab yeah. so it's really interesting to see how like even um whatever is trending in the mainstream like the modest fashion scene and the modest fashion community is right up there with them like there's mm. nothing that you know they just make everything and another i mean kind of example is bucket hats were really trending in the on the runway for women and men last season yeah. and you would think oh what do bucket hats have in common with like hijabi women what would would they wear a bucket hat? No, they wear a headscarf. But a lot of them have started just, I mean, going with the trend. I mean, not now because everyone's inside, but they were wearing yeah. a bucket hat instead of their hijab or on top of their hijab. So oh, it just right. shows that there's so much, yeah, there's so much, and you would think that would be really bizarre, but it actually mm. looks really cool and trendy and like really hipster and streetwear. And it, it's so interesting to see how like, no matter what's trending in the mainstream, the modest fashion movement can, even corsets, obviously corsets are not modest fashion. It's like a bustier, like a strapless, tight, like sexualized garment. But these modest fashion bloggers are wearing them on top of turtlenecks or on top of white blouses. To, so their skin is covered, but they're they're showing that they can wear anything too. So I know, is that modest? Is that not modest? That's yeah. a great, great area. But th- yeah. <laughs> so, it, but it feels like, 
modest and um well, I suppose if we're going to uh gender genderize it modest and mm-hmm. um feminism are like one in the same mm-hmm. because this this is my fashion choice and this is what I choose to yeah. wear and yeah. whatever you want to think I think definitely if it's if it's your choice and there i mean we, we can't ignore there are many families and many patriarchal societies where mm. women are forced to cover up yeah. in some parts of the world so in that case obviously that's a completely different conversation but when it's the woman making her own choice too it's definitely a form of feminism and feminist message and yeah for sure so with that um because I, I heard you, you had an interview with um uh, the, the model on the front of your Yes, Maria Adrisi. Yes, I I struggle with names sometimes. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, and she was she was asking about um the male uh modest fashion movement. Yes, yes. Have you explain that to me? Yeah. So when I was setting out on this book, um, I remember my publisher saying, "Oh yeah, and you have to include a section about males and modesty for males," and I was like modesty for males what is that like is Mm. that even a thing and she's like well it should be why is it all about women um so I actually researched quite a bit and there is this like underground kind of movement of modest male fashion Mm. and unfortunately it's kind of more tied to traditional um cultural fashion whereas with the modest fashion movement for women um you can wear western clothing and call it modest but with the with the I mean it's not unfortunate at all it's just um kind of less uh less known it's less broad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so there's some men in the UK. Um, there's a few uh, like male modest fashion bloggers. Um, there's one guy named Zahid Ahmed, and then there's another um, in the in Texas. His name's Supi Taha. So they wear like South Asian garments, like a kurta, a long tunic, paired over jeans with like the latest Nike Air Max shoes. Oh, nice! And, like, I need to a, see that. Yeah. Yeah, Canada Goose jacket, and so like they really make it like the street wear meets modest wear um, for men, right. and so it's so interesting. Um, yeah, and then with Western clothes, I interviewed this uh, woman who's written about modesty for males, and she was saying, you know, we've gotten so desensitized to guys wearing um, like their 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 jeans really low so that their boxers are showing and that's not modest. And I was thinking like, Oh, I guess. Yeah. Like all guys do that. You think like it's just a normal site, but yeah, I guess is that modest? Is that not like, it's mm. a conversation to have. So mm. yeah, it's interesting that there's this it movement is. is kind of shedding light on how men deal with modesty too. Mm. But do you think the idea of modesty for men would be different? So for example, I think so. Uh, I was going to say for just in, in my experience, um, fashion for me and I'm not really into fashion like that so and this is why I say it, it's because um, fashion for men is more about like what labels you've got what what mm-hmm. you're showing off um, this yeah. is how much this cost etc etc yeah yeah and modesty in that sense would be like less branding like you don't have yeah, to know definitely. How much I agree. my hoodie was and how much my trainers yes. were and things like that I agree yeah, I agree. Even things like, um, so I can't tell what kind of hat you're wearing right now, but I know my husband wears these snapbacks. Or is it, do you have like a sticker on it? Like sometimes um, these hats come with those stickers. And I was like, what's the point of the sticker? And he's like, oh, it's authentic or whatever. It's um, oh, yeah, the agree. NBA, you know, those stickers. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Like, so yeah, things like that. Is that, is that, <laughs> what's the point of that? Is that modest? Is that branding? No, because it's, it's like, all about communicating fashion. to other people. This is how much this yeah. costs, et cetera, like that. Yeah. So, I mean, this, by the way, yeah, this, this, hat, this hat is by um, Social Mercenaries and it's all sustainable. Okay, okay. Um, 
Okay, shout out. You're, yeah, yeah. you're modest. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, and you know, I don't think it's just with men. I think especially um, with social media of women here, like even if you search these modest fashion hashtags, half of these fashion bloggers who are covering their hair, covering their skin are wearing Gucci belts. Right. So that's obviously a sign of, you know, my stature and my wealth and mm. um so it's, yeah, definitely. I think with both with male and female modesty, that's an important conversation, branding and logos and um, kind of show. I mean, yeah, Champion is a trending um, streetwear brand, but do you really have to wear the Champion on every hoodie? And yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 it comes down to, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. I'm always wearing like, I'm always my Nike t-shirts and stuff. Could I have bought a t-shirt for a fraction of the cost at Primark that had no Nike? You know, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. But then saying that as well, like I buy I buy stuff from Primark often. Sometimes it does have. I love Primark. Yeah, me too, <laughs> and the quality's got a lot better as well. Uh, it has. It lasts years now. It does. It does. Um, but some of that has branding on it. Um, it has big brands. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like you can't really escape it. While it's a, it's a cheaper garment, it still is promoting yeah. something. Yeah. Else. It's le- because modesty is that. Well, I think what we're discovering, or what you've already yeah. discovered, is that it's not just about how much skin you're covering it's also about what you're yeah. communi- communicating yeah, to others exactly yeah and what what is your intention like mm. is your intention to stand out and to get noticed for the brand you're wearing yes. if so which often yes and especially if you're putting that picture on social media obviously you're, you have these higher motivations than just being modest so yeah there's definitely con- mm. conflicts between the con the concepts of modesty and branding and designer fashion and yeah, it's but it's so hard. Like as a as a millennial in this day and age, when we want to look good, and also like all our peers are posting everything on social media, and mm. like it's very hard to strike a balance. I find this struggle myself as well. Like how if I'm wearing a new like I don't know if I I splurged and got myself a Gucci, Gucci hoodie like two years ago with like mm. a big paycheck, and of course the first thing I was thinking about is oh like I need a good picture, and then yeah. I was like oh my god what am I thinking what am I thinking <laughs> today that picture has not gone to social media but yeah. <laughs> I'm holding out um, but yeah exactly I think it's a it's a problem that our generation has mm. um, definitely and it definitely conflicts with the deeper ideals of modesty and being humble and absolutely yeah. Well, I mean, for you and for uh, specifically, um, you know, you're you've been studying fashion for ages, so you have a love for fashion. And yeah, the when you have a love for fashion, you know, you you look into the intricacies of all these different fashion houses. But that's and that's what makes them yeah. special. So when yeah. you do get a garment from them, that they they, yeah. they their whole thing is that they want people to um, to show it off because these are unique yeah. garments that yeah, exactly. not everyone can get. But then the yeah. the challenge is how that fits in with yeah, your, exactly. your actual beliefs. And yeah, exactly. And oftentimes these fashion houses are not promoting good things. Like often they use furs and exotic animal skins, and yeah. they're really not um, holistic businesses mm. that we're promoting. So that's a different um, kind of aspect. It's discussed in the book a bit, like sustainability and modest yeah. fashion. Um, because if, especially for these brands that are kind of um, making these modest fashion businesses based on religious and particularly Islamic principles mm. um, of covering skin, shouldn't they also adhere to other like humanitarian principles like sustainability so yeah yeah, that's that's also a yeah is it really modest if it was made fast fashion in a factory and just is long and covers your skin Mm, maybe not yeah exactly yeah because fast fashion is a huge issue isn't it exactly yeah 
Um, so we have. It- we say after we just say how we much we love Prime Bank. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Well, this Guilty. is the thing. It, it's a paradox. It's a paradox. Because- I know exactly, and also it's how much um, you can afford. Really, it's like sustainable fashion is often very expensive, and not everyone can afford it. So yeah. Um, but then it's yeah. also two sides to fast fashion. So Primark, for example, yeah. while it's there, they're churning out a lot of clothes. We yeah. as individuals can decide how much we buy clothes. Yeah. So we yeah. can slow exactly. down the fast fashion. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. That's another kind of topic. Um, consumerism mm. in itself is like huge. And especially for our generation where on social media, you feel like, oh, I already posted a picture of this. Now I can't wear it again or now I can't post it again. It, I, I guess, in, I don't know if this, if this is... Um, applicable for men but at least with female fashion bloggers they get very uh, hesitant to repeat outfits on instagram mm. which is crazy which ends up they just end up buying a lot of clothes wearing them once and then um i don't know giving them to charity i hope giving them to charity or they're just collecting dust in their wardrobes but that's another problem like consumerism is like the antithesis antithesis of modest, modesty mm. being modesty yeah mm so true yeah that whole idea yeah. of it happens with males in terms of um uh, more i think it's more to do with trainers like sneakers really you can't yeah. wear trainers yeah i mean you can but it's like you have that's to the one thing i feel like i can keep like i wear my white reebok sneakers every day without fail they're the most comfortable <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no it's always like no but i know what the, you mean they're the like that status symbol yeah. There's, yeah there's an expectation there like, yeah you need to freshen it up every so often yeah it's so funny that our, our generations kind of held by these yeah. invisible boundaries of, I know. of fashion yeah yeah uh, it's crazy and now i mean none of, what are we we're all sitting around in our sweatpants at home knowing, exactly. <laughs> not exactly. being able to wear all our nice clothes exactly so yeah. i hope i hope that kind of um addresses some of that for for people like it makes yeah. people think a bit like maybe I, I don't need to buy so, so much clothes and maybe yeah exactly yeah, I have a friend who the other day was saying maybe I don't need to be buying so many design I don't think I'll buy any more designer handbags after this lockdown lifts because like what's the point I mean you're spending so much money on a bag and like for what you know like when we have all these bags sitting in our closets not we're not using them that's it's just yeah and I think it'll really make some people rethink um their spending choices for sure oh absolutely absolutely like that's such a great yeah. example with with bags because you yeah know, you can only use one bag at a time yeah <laughs> and indoors you can wear you can dress up indoors and you can wear jewelry indoors but what are you going to do carrying your handbag up yeah. and down the stairs like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really does show how much of it is to just communicate to others this is who i yeah. am this is an expression yeah, of me, it is you know so yeah, it's like exactly yeah, it's such a good I'm glad we're talking about this and how the, the paradox yeah. of, of um, being modest yeah um on that do you think that um the modesty like covering up women um mm-hmm. in in certain parts of society do you think that's reflective of repressive culture so I think this is what um kind of is the mainstream thought and definitely in in many um many places like that has been a cultural norm that these patriarchal households with the overbearing father they make their women their wives and their daughters cover up just to like shield them from society and from like the unwanted gazes of men in the society so that's kind of like it's a very cultural culturally ingrained deeply rooted concept in some cultures um but i think nowadays and i think with the modest fashion movement that is that we're talking about now, I don't think that 
is at all applicable at this. I think this is about women calling their own shots. Um, mm. But I think at the same time, we have to recognize that there are these women who, who may undergo this kind of, um, in, these enforced dress codes. And that in itself is a problem. So this should be a choice. So yeah, um, I, I think if anything, sometimes the, the message gets kind of um, mixed up. Is it, yeah, it's more, it's more indicative of a repressive culture when these um, dress codes are being enforced, not a repressive religion. Mm. It's more of these cultural uh, interpretations of, religion gone wrong <laughs> absolutely so it's, it's really um enforcement versus choice this whole yeah. conversation yeah so if someone's yeah. listening and they're really intrigued by the idea of modesty um what would you suggest they do while while in lockdown while they can go and open their closet while in really, lockdown yeah w- look at what go, e-commerce is your best friend <laughs> shop online um no, you, uh, also you don't have to shop um in order to change your wardrobe to be a more modest one modest fashion is all about layering so you can wear um you can layer long sleeve things under short sleeve things under strappy things you can layer i mean a, a few talked about wearing a dress over jeans 10 years ago that would have been really bizarre and unfashionable but it's a trend now like wearing a dress over jeans is actually considered if you look at uh, these fashion editors going to fashion weeks like that's what they're wearing um go to pinterest and search modest street style because you'll get a bunch of cool um inspirational images Mm. uh yeah or or just search the hashtag modest fashion on Instagram and you'll just, it's like a treasure treasure trove of all these inspirational images from women around the world. Not necessarily religious women, not necessarily hijabi women, just different women, um, different cultures and how they interpret modesty. Interesting. So it's not necessarily just about, um, you know, I've got, something that's going to be very revealing it's about how how do i partner with that up it's about how you wear it yeah right exactly like wear it with leggings and a cozy cardigan on top or something and it could actually it might look really bad and you'll have to reevaluate your styling choices <laughs> but it might look cool <laughs> experiment it's no, about experimenting yeah, yeah. And i suppose this is the best time to do it because no one's going to see you anyway. yeah exactly <laughs> definitely exactly go through your closet and just have fun with styling yeah. Mm. So, um with that though with uh, let's say um lockdown is uh we're, we're out of lockdown and it's it's summer and people are going yeah. out they're going to the beach they're going to pools yes. just like you were going to pool parties yeah. um yeah it, how would you suggest they um in the heat in the heat yeah how, yeah. yeah how did they one in the yeah. heat and two in in water yeah. Like if you're at a beach yeah. or things like that. So um, so in the heat, it's all about the type of fabrics that you're wearing. So like a light linen long sleeve dress, you might feel a lot cooler in than if you're wearing a tight tank top, which I mean, your skin is showing, but like the sun's going to be hitting it. And, mm. you know, so it's it's all about the fabric. I think light linens and light cottons are work really well for summer. And in the beach, if you want to be a bit more covered up, there are these um, modest swimmer brands that have emerged across the globe. There are a bunch in the uk there's one called lyra swimwear Mm -hmm. i believe let me check my instagram to make sure i'm getting that right (laughs) um so these are kind of modern day versions of like when we talk about modest swimwear we always think about the bikini and how like that has kind of uh, it's like the picture of modest swimwear it's like this black um skin tight long sleeve like wetsuit basically but there's so many um modest fashion friendly versions on the market now and yeah i was right lyra swim is one based in the uk um there yeah if you even if you just search modest swimwear 
on Google or on social media, there are like patterned versions and a lot of, it's interesting because if you speak to the designers of these brands, they'll say that, oh yeah, we have a lot of Muslim consumers, but we also have maybe 20 or 30% of our consumers who are non-Muslim. They either like surfing and they're in the sun a lot and they don't want to, you know, get sunburned Mm -hmm. or they just like, they just feel uncomfortable bearing it all in a bikini in public and they want to be covered up. So they just feel more comfortable with, with these more covered up garments. Mm. I have always found it interesting that um, the uh, you look at lingerie, for example, and a bikini. Yeah. The only difference yeah. is the that the patterns. There's if you <laughs> the <putting lace>. that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, one yeah. is one is sexualized and one is yeah for swimming. Yeah, one is yeah exactly. Yeah. So I can yeah. imagine I can imagine why you know people would want to just yeah I don't want to be looked at I just want yeah. to go for a swim <laughs> yeah exactly and even if you look at like vintage swimsuits they were mainly one piece mm. um like uh leotard type like one piece frilly antique vintagey design so um that's also another that's a more modest alternative to a bikini without kind of the extremity of covering all of your skin yeah. so like one pieces are also really trendy and bringing back our designers like Gucci and all have made one piece um Versace they've all made these really um fashion forward one piece swimsuit so it's just showing that they're really aware of this modest wear uh, market even when it comes to swimwear nike in the uk it's called nike (laughs) another debate but nike's just released its first um modest uh swim collection and while it looks like bikinis like it's a lot of um Mm. it's covered up to the wrist and ankle they're in separate so you can wear the top and not wear the bottoms or you can wear the bottoms you can wear the hood it detaches so it's um really versatile for people of all types of faiths and backgrounds so it's all about the layers like you said yeah Yeah. exactly it's all about picking and choosing what you want from this and what you want to cover up and Mm. yeah amazing so how how does it how do accessories fall into this conversation just as any other, just as in um, mainstream fashion and any other trend or any other movement. Yeah. yeah. Especially with modest fashion, people love to accessorize mm. <laughs> um, because a lot of times, so I think for, for women who um, are kind of pioneering this modest fashion movement, it's all about the creativity and it's mm. all about the um, look, I can be just as fashionable as you while covering my skin. That's kind of the, that's kind of like a motivating driving, like, factor behind a lot of this um modest fashion so yeah people pile it on (laughs) when it comes to accessories um layering necklaces like stacking rings Mm. high heels designer bags like it's yeah there's no kind of limitation with that though is that does that that kind of yeah is that being modest is that yeah i know that's the exactly that's that's the question (laughs) that's the question that's the question it's such a it's, it's a movable um, topic, and obviously you've you've, yeah. you've caught it at a time where it's I suppose in the Western world it's kind of embryonic, and it's amazing that you're like really delving into this, and I'm sure it's going to be something that blossoms, like you said, with all of the with the market going up the way yeah. it is um, with with fashion, with modest fashion, um, it's going to be huge, and it's amazing that you're going to be a, a thought leader within that oh, space. I hope. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> oh, for sure. Thank you. Oh, for sure. Um, just on a separate topic, what three mm. things are challenging you personally at the moment and mm. um, what three things are helping with that? And that can be okay. uh, just within lockdown or with, with, with your book or 
with modesty. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, work-wise, I'm a freelance journalist and um, print journalism appears to be dying a slow death, uh, especially with this. So, for instance, here um, with the lockdown, I know newspapers have kind of limited their distribution and printing. So, um, because, I mean, people don't want to spread germs on paper that a lot of people are touching paper in the supermarket and then it spreads that way. So they've really um, scaled back, back on budgets too. So I'm not getting as much freelance work as I would be usually. Actually, I'm not getting any at all right now. So wow. that's one challenging thing. I used to be writing, I mean, two or three stories a week. And mm. this is my first week with no writing assignments. Mm. So that's challenging. Um, something I'm getting, something that's helping me with that is I have more time to read books. So mm. I'm reading rather than writing. Um, and it's a nice break. Uh, it's a bit scary. Hopefully it's just temporary, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's one. Another, um, it's very challenging being homebound with a young baby <laughs> who wants to be outdoors in the yeah. park, playing with her friends. And obviously we're completely social distancing. So no other kids, we're not seeing any other kids. Um, how, how old is your daughter? She's one. She, she's, uh, 14 months. Wow. Wow. Almost 15 months. Yeah. So that's tough. Um, but using that time to then like interact with her more outdoors and more creative, like in our, we moved to my mom's house. So we have a backyard here and we're just kind oh. of taking her out and trying to like, I don't know, we might need to buy some water guns or something <laughs> um, <laughs> like blowing bubbles, like little things that we never really used to do. Um, yeah, we're just yeah. having to be creative and mm. yeah. Third thing. That, on that oh, though, man, that's, that's really, fit. that's really oh, interesting. Yeah. Just, just, I know we're talking about modesty and fashion, but the situation we've all been put in is like, you, you've got to be yeah. modest in the way you live day to day. Yeah, um, exactly. That restriction makes you be creative. Yeah, definitely. And it's a good, it's in, in many things it offers you like a new way to look at things and it, it's, it's good. It's like, we're slow. It's obviously it's not a good, this pandemic is not a good thing, but everyone can come out um, differently from it. Like, even if it means just being more grounded and being less materialistic and valuing family and uh, time more. So yeah, that's in that sense, it's good. And my last thing would be I was, I had just gotten into like the Google personal training oh. and obviously now this is, <laughs> there's no personal trainer. No, <laughs> like I have my weights here. I have my resistance band, but I have no motivation mm. to do anything. Um, I'm eating like a pig. <laughs> so that is my, that is my last challenge. I found these Lotus Kit Kat chocolates in the supermarket, you know, Lotus biscuits. Yeah. Lotus, like that filling inside Kit Kats. Oh no my God, they're to die for. I need to find they're it. to die for. I've been, <laughs> I've been having like two a day. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a good collaboration. To, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Ooh, nice. They're delicious. I think I'll have one right after this. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And I need to, that's something that I don't have like a proper routine in place yeah. for. I need yeah, to just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> Let's see yeah. how that one develops. No problem. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can where can people find the book? Um is yes, there a, so the book is I was gonna say, is there an audio book available as well? Uh not yet. Hopefully um later in the summer there'll be an audio book. But there is a Kindle version. Um I think the Kindle version launches in June. But the paperback and hardback I believe are available now. Uh, through amazon.co.uk, um, waterstones.com, blackwells, um, and book depository. 
So those are the kind of main online sites where you can get it. Amazing, amazing. And where can people find you online if they want to reach out? And- yeah, my, uh, so I'm quite active on Instagram. Yesterday I grabbed a picture of this Lotus KitKat. It might, have, oh, <laughs> it might be gone by now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was on the story. So my, so my name is Hafsa Lodi on Instagram, H-A-F-S-A-L-O-D-I. Awesome. And Modesty of Fashion Products Paradox is out everywhere now. Um, it delves into all these topics that we've discussed today. Um, and that it is it's a paradox. That's that's what we've um, yeah. that's what we've realized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's such an interesting topic and thank you so much for for joining me today all the way from Dubai. Thank what you ta- so much what time for is it me. out there? It is five PM. Okay, okay. Cool. cool. So you you can um go find your Kit Kats and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly where I'm headed. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Remember, you can watch the full episode on youtube.com slash Ryan now. Please subscribe and comment. Most importantly, please share. I'd love to hear from you. We're all at home, or we should be. And I want to know how to make the show better for you, how to reach you all, what day you prefer the shows to come out, how best to serve you guys. So let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Email me, ryan.nile at me.com.